Hey guys, this is Tommy Freeman from Wolf of Moneyline, and I have a couple topics that I want to address. Uh, there's a lot going on currently in the sports world, and the topic that I wanted to start off with first is uh, Nate Borgren was fired as the Pacers coach after one season. Usually um, when it comes out that a coach is on the hot seat uh, and his players don't really like him, too much and all in the first year I mean that that's really not a good sign I'm a little shocked by the move I think he probably deserved one more year but you gotta have good chemistry with um and um you gotta have the players liking you honestly if uh you want to keep on moving forward and clearly uh there was just some divide between Borgren and the players. But some of, I have some coaching options to look at. I think uh, we should honestly look at all these names. We got Terry Stouts. We got Dan Tony. Uh, we got Becky Hammond. We got Mark Jackson. And we got Chauncey Billups. My thing about... Honestly, I like Terry Stouts. I, I think it's kind of harsh that he got fired. I get it. Um, I mean, they're making they're making the playoffs, and but I understand that they've been um, ousted in the last five years, four of the last five times in uh, the first round. So, I mean, that's obviously not... Great, and he you could debate that he has a really good team. He has um, Damian Lillard, uh, all-star. I mean, guy's one of the best point guards in the league. And he has uh, Nerdtick. Uh, he has C.J. McCollum, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, they, they have good players there, and um, some will say that they kind of didn't exceed expectations this year. But they were playing a very good Nuggets team. I will say that, who has the MVP, of course. And But the thing about that is they didn't have their starting point guard, so you could debate that, that they should have upset the Nuggets. But I think Terry Stouts um, definitely needs to be up there. Uh, D'Antoni... Um, he he's just been a traveler for coaches in the NBA. He's been with so many teams. Like I I don't even know uh, the the ones that I really remember though. For Dan Tony was he was at the Lakers. He he miserably miserably failed at the Lakers. Uh, he was at the Knicks. Didn't didn't really exceed expectations there. Uh, he was, um, he, he had a pretty thing going at the Suns, but he had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion. I mean, he had an amazing team there, but they never seemed to win it. Uh, he had, of course, the Rockets with CP3 and James Harden. And honestly, I thought they had a legit shot if, um, they beat the Warriors that year. But there's the if factor. And Chris Paul did get hurt, which that really hurt him. And it just, 
he's had so many good teams. It just hasn't worked out. So I don't know about the D'Antoni. And I've uh, read reports where he's like the favorite for the Trailblazers now. So I'm not really sure. Uh, there, There's the old pacer. There's Mark Jackson. And Mark Jackson, he kind of brought the Warriors like back into playoff contention. He was with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson earlier in their careers. My only, I I would love to see Mark Jackson back with the Pacers, but my my thing against him is literally the year after he left, they won the national championship. So what does that say about him as a coach? Honestly, uh, that's my only thing against Mark Jackson is it's like, yeah, it'd be nice because he's a pacer, was a pacer. But, um, I mean, he had one of the best rosters in the league, and he kind of won a championship. Uh, We go to Becky Hammond, and it's been trending that someday there's going to be a woman's coach in the NBA. Uh, I could see it happening. I I don't know if it's going to be for the Pacers or not, Uh, but she's a good option. She's been under Popovich, and um, she, she has some assistant coaching in the league experience, which is always good. Uh, there's Chauncey Billups, who's also an assistant coach at the Clippers right now, uh, and he hasn't really got a shot. So I don't know who it's really going to be. Uh, I, I would like all these guys and Becky Hammond, of course. Um, but I don't know. The The thing for me is Terry Stouts, D'Antoni, Mark Jackson, they all had amazing teams, and they all fell short. So it's just it's just hard. I would probably, out of those three, I'd probably lean Terry Stouts because he's actually coached for like not not a big city team, you know, um, and he's been fairly successful. Uh, I really, I think Chauncey Billups, he deserves a shot somewhere. I think he was a NBA champion as a player. I think he could bring that mentality to the Pacers. Uh, so it will be really interesting on what the Pacers decide to do. NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs, this is just an amazing year because, honestly, I I, I don't know who's going to win. Um, some teams, some experts say it's there's a clear favorite. It's the Nets. But I don't know about that because we, we just saw James Harden got hurt, which is big. And, um, but I... That's not me saying they're not going to beat the Bucks because I think they're easily going to beat the Bucks. I had two friends earlier who said, one friend said Bucks and six, Zach Carlson. Uh, we had a little podcast earlier, and he was telling me that the Bucks 
are going to win the East. And I was thinking, really? Really? Because they just got beat by 40 last game. And honestly, uh, their coach, the Bucks coach is on the hot seat. Uh, I mean, he, he's had, we saw what happened at the Hawks. He had an amazing team at the Hawks, couldn't get past the hump. He has an amazing team at the Bucks, and they, they just can't get past the hump. I mean, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, he always, I don't know who it's the blame, the coach, Giannis, or his supporting cast, because none of them are really uh, showing that they have the it factor, that that champion factor. They, they just don't show that. They always seem to crumble. They seem to choke against some competition in the playoffs. So that will be very interesting. If I had to make a prediction right now, if the Greek freak is going to win one championship, in a Bucks uniform, I would say no. It's not going to happen. It's not going to get much better than this situation that they're in, and they're getting blown out by 40 points in the playoffs, which is just absurd. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's just quitting at this point. So I really like the Nets to advance in that series. Another series that I think is just done is Sun versus the Suns versus the Nuggets. The Suns have really impressed me. I was talking to a friend earlier um, when he said CP3 is going to the Suns, and I was like, "So they're gonna be like a seven or eight seed at the best." And boy, was I wrong. There, this Devin Booker, Chris Paul. And uh, Monty Williams' combination is really clicking. DeAndre Aiden, absolute monster. They have uh, Mikel Bridges. He's playing really good ball. Uh, they got Justin Jackson off the bench. They got Frank the Tank Kaminsky. They, they got good players on this team. Cameron Payne. They're deep, and they just have... Really good guards who could shoot. I mean, Devin Booker, I haven't really got to see him play that much because obviously he plays in the Western Conference and they their games go on later. But the man is an animal. I mean, they really impressed me against the Lakers because they just made the Lakers look horrible. And so far they've made the Nuggets look horrible. And it it really stinks for this Nugget team because they lost Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray is probably the second best player on their team, their leading point guard. And point guard is so huge to having a successful team in the NBA or at any level. So I, I think this one's honestly just done. I, I, I see the Suns easily advancing. And... um. That brings me to the 76ers versus the Hawks. And this is so, this is just so interesting because if Embiid wasn't playing hurt, I'd say 76ers easy. Uh, 76ers just have a solid roster. They got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green, uh, Embiid, 
they they got they got the whole package there. Tobias Harris, uh, he's very good. But I, I'm really impressed by this Hawks young core. I think they're really going to be a team to be reckoned with. Uh, Trey Young, I've said it before, he's the Allen Iverson 2.0. The guy is way, way better than I thought he'd be. But I honestly don't know in this one just because Embiid's playing hurt. If Embiid was completely healthy, I'd say easy for the 76ers. But honestly, I'm still going to lean 76ers in this. I think the Hawks are just still kind of young. If they had a little more experience under their belt, I'd probably lean their side. But I, I am really happy to see the old Pacers coach Nate McMillan, who's coaching for the Hawks now, just getting the job done there. He's he's really coached this team up, and they're really playing good ball right now. So it will be interesting to see, but I, I'm saying 76ers and 6 or 7. I think it's going to be a really, really good series. And this leads me to the last series, which is Jazz versus the Clippers. This series is very interesting to me. Uh, The first game, Mike Conley was out, and they still won, which I think is huge. I mean, your starting point guard's out, and you still win. The Jazz just have so many shooters on their team. They have... Mitchell, obviously, at 45 points the first game. I don't know if he could stay at that level, though. And that's what scares me with the Jazz is because I don't know if Donovan Mitchell can can score 40 a game against the Clippers. I mean, Luka Doncic proved that he could. But is Donovan Mitchell on that level? Yes, he's a very good player, but I don't know. I'll... I'll what will be the deciding factor for me tonight is who wins tonight. Because if the Clippers win tonight, then I have no idea. But they, like I said, they have Mitchell, they have Bogdanovich, they have Jordan Clarkson, they have Mike Conley, they have Joe Ingles, uh, and they have a defensive player of the year in Gobert. Uh, so this this Jazz team is just incredibly stacked. And they're going to be a tough out. And the Clippers, they're just stacked too. I mean, they have an amazing roster. They have uh, Marcus Morris. They have Paul George, which Paul George, shame on you. I'm still upset that you left the Pacers. And you said this team doesn't want to win. And the thing is, Paul George, is you've had amazing teammates and you still haven't won. You still haven't done anything. And yeah, I know the injury uh, could go to blame for that because people could argue that um, he was b- way better before the injury. I mean, the injury was just brutal. But I just look at Paul George as one of those players like in the Jimmy Butler, the the Russell Westbrook, uh, players, the Allen Iverson, that are amazing players. They just, no matter how good their team is, they just can't win. 
It will be so interesting. I just think right now, if I had to pick one, I'd say Jazz because they just have more shooters and they play better defense than the Clippers. the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard, obviously uh, one of the best players in the league, probably arguably top three, top two. Um, the man is just an animal offensively and on the defensive side. So it will be very interesting to see what happens, but I'm saying Jazz in this one. One more NBA topic that I wanted to address was LeBron James. He's changing his number again. He's changing it back to six. I don't know if he's hinting like the animal in him's going to be back next season and they're going to win a championship again. But honestly, this year proved a lot to me. LeBron James has had an incredible, incredible career. But there's no arguing that he's going to be 37 years old next year. It's going to be his 19th season in the NBA. How many times can we say a guy going into his late 30s who's been in the league for 19 seasons is the best player in the league? I just think um, his reign is coming to an end. I think he'll be an amazing player, but he is no longer the best player in the league anymore. And the Lakers will contend, but I don't see LeBron James winning another championship, honestly. I I just don't see it happening. Um, But I applaud LeBron James, and I think he for sure is a top five player of all time in the NBA. He's he's probably number two behind my, Michael Jordan, in my opinion. With that being said, I'm going into boxing and YouTube. Me and my wife, we just can't get enough of these guys. They're, they're clowns, but they are so entertaining the Paul brothers it's just I I know they're stupid but I can't stop watching it it's crazy and I I didn't actually watch the fight yet between Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather but honestly I think this does kind of hurt Floyd Mayweather's legacy a little bit I mean, he's taking on this complete amateur YouTuber and he can't even knock him out. Granted, Logan Paul is 189 and a half pounds. He's 6'2", and Mayweather is 150 and 5'8". Yeah, I think this just goes to show why there's weight classes in boxing because... One of the greatest boxers of all time can't knock out this YouTuber who's 40 pounds heavier than him. So, but looking at the statistics, I think it's obvious to say Mayweather won. 
But the fact that he couldn't knock out, or at least TKO, Logan Paul was kind of shocking to me. I think he better watch out if he tries to do any more like of these celebrity boxing. Because one of these days, he's going to lose to one of these guys. But that was very, very shocking to me. I think it hurt boxing a little bit to see Logan Paul actually survive in that matchup. But another clown that I want to talk about, obviously, who has a new opponent is Jake Paul. Jake Paul six one. He's 180. He has a reach of 76 inches. And he's going up against Tyron Woodley. And I've seen... It's a shame because the Tyron Woodley's I watched the the Tyron Woodley fights that I watched um, were towards the end of his career where he got completely dominated, and that's what scares me about this fight. I think Tyron Woodley a couple of years ago punishes Jake Paul. I think he just abuses Jake Paul, and the thing about this fight too is. One could argue that Tyron Woodley is more of a wrestler, like what Ben Askren was. And he's the smaller guy. He's 5'9", 170, reaches 74 inches. So Jake Paul beats him in all those areas. Jake Paul's younger. Tyron Woodley's getting close to 40. Jake Paul's 26. Ugh. Yeah, this this one's so hard to choose, right? I really want to see Jake Paul just get the crap beat off him. I I know Tyron Woodley could throw a punch, but it's just is he too late? Is he too late to be fighting Jake Paul? And I think that might be the case. It, this fight will be, I think, his Jake Paul's biggest test, but. It's weird because I'm not going to say he's going to lose this fight. I I honestly don't know who's going to win this fight. I probably honestly, I chose Tyron Woodley earlier, but now I feel like I'm kind of leaning Jake Paul, and I really hope that doesn't happen. But I, I could totally see him getting another, another victory. I'm very... Excited to see how that turns out on August 28th. All right, now to the real fight game. It's I'm going to talk about the UFC main card. This main card is just completely stacked. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. The, the first bout on the main card is Paul Craig, uh, the... The Englishman versus Jamichael Hill. Um, this I've seen Jamichael Hill. Um, he, he's very good. He's a newcomer. He's already ranked. He's the fifteenth ranked guy, and um, Paul Craig's the fourteenth ranked guy. And honestly. I'm I'm going to go with Hill here because he's younger, he's 6'4", he's got a 3-inch reach advantage, he's 2-0 in the UFC, I think records are so important, 
Paul Craig, he's got kind of an average record. He does have the reach. Um, he's six four as well. He's got he's got a seventy six inch reach, but his record is six four and one, and um, that just shows to me he could be beat um, in every other fight. So I'm gonna go with the the American here, Jermichael Hill. Uh, the second fight we got a UFC veteran and Damian Maya versus. Balil Muhammad. Um, this fight is very interesting. And I just think because Damian Maya, he's the guy's like in his 40s. He's been in the UFC for so long. Um, I don't think he's going to win this fight. I, I'm going to give it to Muhammad. Muhammad, um, he's the shorter guy. He's 5'10. Uh, they both have the same reach advantage at 72 inches. But. He's nine and three. He's really proven to himself. And the UFC, Damian Maya, he's seventeen and nine. Damian Maya is just a submission specialist. So I feel like if Damian Maya can't get this to the ground, then Muhammad's easily gonna win. And I just think Maya's age and um that he won't have the ability to take Muhammad down. I'm I'm just going with Muhammad in this one. He's the more proven guy. He he has the better record. So Muhammad it is. All right. I I think this is the easiest fight on the card. Um, we got Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. I used to be a huge Nate Diaz fan. I I thought the guy was just awesome. Um, but now I, I find him kind of irritating because he just wants to brag about how he has a big mouth and the UFC needs him so bad and that's why they pay him so much. And that that's one thing that I don't like about the UFC. It's like the bigger mouth gets more money. It's not like the best fighter gets the most money. It's it's whoever could bring the big mouth and um, the fans in. It, it's not the best fighter. Would it shouldn't be like that? So with this being said, Nate Diaz though, he just bleeds. He bleeds so easy. If he ever gets caught, he's just gonna bleed. He has. So many scars, so many um, UFC appearances. And Leon Edwards, he's just the more proven guy. Uh, I love his record. He's 10 and 2. He's 6 foot, and he's got a 74 inch reach. Nate Diaz, he's 6 foot, 76 inch reach to reach, uh, 2 inch reach advantage. But here's the thing about Nate Diaz. He he's had an incredible fight record. He'll fight anyone. Um but he's nine and eight. So once again here, same as like Paul Craig with the average record, he he just shows me that he can be beat. And um I just don't see it ending well for Nate Diaz. He got hit in his last bout. He got completely outclassed by Masvidal, and it it wasn't even close. 
and I don't think this one's going to be close, so give me Leon Edwards in this one. We got uh, Davison Figueroa versus Brandon Moreno. Uh, this this first bout, uh, I had Figueredo easily. I, I didn't even think it was going to be close, but Brandon Moreno, he shocked, uh, shocked me and he shocked the world because this fight ended in a draw. And whenever I think a fight ends in a draw in a championship bout, I, I think the contender actually just won. You know, I think it was close, but the contender more than likely probably won, but he didn't win in an impressive fashion, which you need to do to become the champion. Figueredo is five foot five. He's got a 68 reach reach he's 9-1 and 1 in the UFC Brandon Moreno is 5-7 he's got the 70 inch reach uh he's 6-2 two and 2 and the UFC this is a toss up to me it's really a toss up but I got to go with the champion in this one and I'm going to go Figueredo, uh, I've seen him fight before. He's so exciting to watch. He's just a KO machine. I, I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to learn from the first bout. I think he came in not just all confident and not as prepared as he will be for this fight. Um, so I, I think it's going to be another... Great battle, but I'm going to go Figueredo. And we got the main event, of course. We got Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori, which I'm not going to lie. Out of these two, the fighter that I like the most is Marvin Vittori. I, I would love to see Marvin Vittori win. But here here's the thing. He's only going to win if he does what um, Jan did against Adesanya in the last fight. He's got to take him to the ground. That's the only way. These guys can't stand up and bang it out. He's got to wrestle him to the ground and do some serious ground and pound like he did in his last fight against Kevin Holland. And if this fight stands, I'm telling you. Israel Adesanya, he's going to win. But if Vittori can get him to the ground, which I think he can, Vittori's going to win. It Really, it's another toss-up. I'm just going to go because I'm a guy who really likes the height and reach advantage when it comes to fighting. I, I think that's just huge. Israel Adesanya is 6'4". God, uh, he has an 80-inch reach advantage. Marvin Vittori is six foot, and he's only got a 74 reach advantage. So, six-inch reach advantage. That is absolutely huge. Israel Adesanya is 9-1. Vittori is 7-2. Both amazing records. Uh, Israel Adesanya beat him 
in a split decision in their last bout. So this this is such a toss-up. I'm pulling for Vittori, but I think Adesanya has the better chance to win. So I'm going to lean towards Adesanya just because that six-inch reach advantage is just so huge. There's one more topic that I wanted to bring up, and it's the Titans' huge pickup with Julio Jones. Obviously, I'm a huge Colts fan. Um, I don't like to see this, but I got to pay the Titans some respect because they, uh, their offense is scary now. Their offense is very scary. Uh, one could argue... Is Tannehill much better than Matt Ryan? I don't know. I think they're both very similar. They're both good game managers. But you got to look at the other guys. You got to look at they got the best running back in the league in Derrick Henry. They got A.J. Brown, complete monster, and Julio Jones. Complete monster. Julio Jones is coming to the end of his career. And he's proven that he could put big numbers up. But one thing that he's also proven to me, can he make that play to score the touchdown? Because some years, he just doesn't have the touchdowns. And... I feel like a lot of his years in the NFL, he hasn't got double-digit touchdowns. Uh, they they lost a couple players in Jonu Smith. They lost um, Corey Davis. They lost Adam Humphreys. But Julio Jones is d- definitely another playmaker that will make things a lot easier for them on offense. I... I find this offense is going to be very hard to stop. Um, What I'm interested to see with the Titans, have they adjusted their secondary? Because last year, I believe they had the 27th rated secondary in the league. And they picked up uh, Caleb Farley. They said this guy could really cover. Um, He has a lot of deflections, but they said he does have some tackling issues, which if I'm a GM and I'm a coach, I don't like a guy with tackling issues. I like a sure tackler who could get a guy to the ground. So that will be very interesting. Will their secondary improve? Um, that's their big, big issue, or at least they addressed it, um, but this just makes it, as a Colts fan, it, it makes it hard, it, it's not going to be easy for the Colts to beat the Titans this year. This is what I'll say right now, I'll say the Titans offense is more talented, I'll say the Titans offense is better. But I'm going to say the Colts offense, or I'm going to say the Colts defense is better than the Titans. So what's it going to come down to? 
who's going to win this division? Me being a biased Colts fan, I'm always going to say the Colts. But I would not be surprised at all if the Titans took it for another year. I really hope they do not. But it's going to be interesting. And I'm not going to lie, I'm interested to see this Titan offense because they're just going to be so explosive. But uh, thank you for listening to my podcast today. I honestly love talking sports. And I'm so thankful for all the participants that uh, participate in all my tournaments. And I wish everybody a great Friday and a happy weekend. And I can't wait to do the next podcast. Later, guys.